0: Hey guys, so welcome to our first mailbag episode where we finally publish all those voice messages we've got and answer some other questions on miscellaneous superhero stuff.
1: Yep. This will probably end up being a shorter episode this time around, but you know, just putting that first step of the process out there. And if any of you are listening to this and want to get in
0: questions. Any more questions? Yet, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like feel free to send anything towards us on Anchor or our Twitter account and Yeah,
0: or Facebook if you know us there.
1: Yeah, and if you get um, if we get enough questions to watch another episode, we'll put another one out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it really just depends on like what kinds of messages we get and stuff. But yeah. Anyway, so I guess first we can talk about like the questions we got on uh, Facebook. Sure, sure. Um just a couple of these which in theory shouldn't be like too long to answer.
1: Yeah, I had a friend, Jesse, who asked, I would definitely like to hear you guys compare and contrast the DCEU and the MCU. It's sort of a broad topic and you could virtually talk about anything, but it would be cool to hear about what they have done differently and what they have done similarly, as well as what the future holds for both franchises.
0: So, Um, oh man, yeah, it is a very, very broad topic.
1: Yeah, the, Um, the problem here is that the only DCEU movie either of us have seen is Wonder Woman. Okay, which is well, sort okay of an slight outlier.
0: correction, slight correction. I have seen Man of Steel.
2: Oh. Unfortunately
0: okay. in theaters when it came out in 2013, and I didn't even spend the money to buy those tickets, but like I am filled with regrets on behalf of whichever one of my parents did. Oh man. It's yeah. like it's weird because I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes one time and it actually had a better Rotten Tomato score than like other DCEU installments. So I guess it was better received than like Dawn of Justice or whatever, but guys, I hated it. I did not like it at all. It was just, just Clark's backstory was so belabored, and like quite honestly, Superman is such a like cultural cornerstone by this point that you can safely assume that most people know the basics of Superman, his is of who Superman is, sorry, and you do not have to rehash the entirety of Smallville. There was a whole t v show about that stuff, my God, yeah. so yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, you've definitely heard us talk about the m c u in past yeah. episodes, and there's a lot of things you like about it, and some things that either one of us don't, but
0: yeah, and like, I, I think, think so go ahead, go ahead,
1: yeah. I mean, I'll say straight up, I'm not super comfortable just crapping on the DC movies that I haven't seen. But the general consensus seems to be that it seems like in a lot of ways DC learned a lot of the wrong lessons from the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah,
0: which I think we've talked about briefly before.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. The whole dark, gritty thing Mm -hmm. that they had going with Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice. It
0: was so bad. Superman does not need to be dark and gritty.
1: Yeah. That can work for Batman, and to an extent it did in the Dark Knight trilogy, but the Dark Knight trilogy was still very fundamentally optimistic, despite the trappings of I'm not sure if I quite agree with you
0: on that, but it's been years since I've seen any of those movies, so I don't feel qualified to say for sure.
1: Yeah, but that aside, like, i was I actually heard some things that Justice League took some steps in the right direction by actually making things not super grungy and miserable, but
0: it had slightly more color than yeah other like movies. even just ever so slightly
1: even just watching the trailers just visually it was. Like, the only colors that seemed to exist in the universe were... Black and like very, very dark gray. Black, brown, and fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically. And yeah.
1: But we shouldn't just, like, talk crap about the DC movies because...
0: I mean, the MCU has produced a couple stinkers for sure, but that's I meant
1: like... because, like, it seems like they could... M- could have figured their crap out at the very yeah. least. Wonder Woman is pretty solid.
0: Yeah, I I will freely admit I love that movie. I am waiting to watch Aquaman and Shazam and see if Wonder Woman was simply an impressive fluke slash entirely the doing of Patty Jenkins and Alan Heinberg on directing and screenplay respectively. I'm, sl- I'm more optimistic than I ever thought I would be after seeing the Aquaman and Shazam trailers, Yeah, but... those
1: actually look pretty solid, yeah. it you was, know,
0: and... Side note, as someone who used to live in the Toronto area, it was so funny to watch the Shazam trailer because so much of that was so obviously set in Toronto. It was great.
1: Yeah, and I think that the Justice League movies had pretty good trailers, even though the movies apparently didn't turn out very well. So, I'm not going to go out and like pre order a ticket for Aquaman just based on that, but. That's fair. Like, Atlantis looks beautiful. Yeah. Black Manta looks really cool. And there is and there's so, so much color! Yeah, there is so much more like color and life in that movie than in any of the trailers I saw. And even in a lot of Wonder Woman, which admittedly, like, the World War I setting made the dull palette a little more appropriate.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: Um, So, you know, I think that if DC can really get their train back on track with Aquaman and Shazam, I think that'll be hopefully like good news for future Justice League movies. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I would
1: love to see a Superman movie that really gives a (laughs) classic, like, fun... Superman type of story. Yeah. Like, All-Star Superman or something like that.
0: Although, All-Star Superman is also kind of, like, depressing.
1: All-Star Superman is sort of a bittersweet story. Yeah, definitely. But it...
0: So they got the same guy who directed, like, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close It Could Work, maybe? But...
1: uh, Yeah. I'm not thinking of like, specifically make a movie of All-Star Superman, but, like, All-Star Superman is about the things that people love Superman for. That's fair. And I feel like a lot of the... DC movies have not really been about that. Which is, I think, where they might be changing things. And also where Marvel has really excelled. Because they understand why people like particular characters. Yeah, and and they understand
0: why people like superheroes in general as well.
1: Yeah, and they really embrace that, usually for
0: the best. Yeah, definitely. Like The thing about the Marvel movies is that they're so fundamentally optimistic, I would say with the exception of Infinity War, because, like, everything is supposed to be, you know, Dark Knight of the Soul for the heroes at the end of Infinity War. I get that. It was, you know, soul-wrenching, but I get it. Um, But, but you know, they all proceed from the same, like, basic premise that people can do good because they feel like good needs to be done. That, you know, you can... Save the day even when the odds are against you. Like the the scene in, I believe it's Iron Man 3 when like 13 people are falling out of this plane that's just had a hole ripped in it. And Jarvis tells Tony he can only save like three of them at most. They literally, he saves all 13 of them by like having them help each other. And that to me is the scene that encompasses the core, almost moral philosophy of the MCU. Like, people may tell you that, you know, the world is going to crap and not everybody can be saved, but dang it, you should try. And sometimes, if you try and you're smart about it, you can do it. And that's what I really, really love about the MCU at the end of the day. And that's
1: cool. And that's really cool. Well, one of
0: many things, but like the core thing. Yeah. And I don't know, DC has like lacked that same sort of almost internal story compass for most of their movies i'd say wonder woman definitely had that as like you know the heart and soul of that movie which is where it went right and hopefully they can continue that with aquaman and shazam
1: i will say i think that you can't necessarily give the mcu a completely free pass because it's not some like flawless super series, and we've talked about flaws that it has before certainly in
0: at in great detail
1: i will say i hear a lot of people saying that it's Formulaic and that all the movies end up seeming the same. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, I kind of see where the similarities are that they would get that idea from.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: At the same time, I don't really think that holds up on like really looking at them and thinking about them in any amount yeah. of depth. Also, that would like, be
0: really interesting to explore just like story structure wise. I'd like to do an episode on that
1: Yeah, yeah. at some
0: point in the future.
1: Yeah, there are some common patterns but like most movies have very, like characters are very specific to the characters involved and
0: And I think tonally they're extremely influenced by how like serious or lighthearted the character might be.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think really with the MCU like Despite the common threads, I would say that almost every single movie does a pretty good job of developing at least one, and usually multiple, characters in very distinctive ways that other movies don't do the same thing with. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah. Is there anything else... Any other points on which we can sort of compare and contrast the DC and Marvel movies, or is that about it? I think, think
1: I will say I really like how Marvel's really demonstrated their willingness to go kind of into the deep end of comic book weirdness with, (laughs) I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy is a household name at this point. Yeah, they were
0: team before they got a whole movie made about them.
1: There's them, there's like... A movie like Doctor Strange, which whether you like it or not, which
0: I don't, which I've said before, is
1: very much not afraid to dive into just the craziest nonsense from the comics universe through history, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where those sorts of things go in the future.
0: And Thor Ragnarok as well was just so delightfully weird.
1: Oh yeah, and I also think
0: it did, you know comic book weird nonsense so much better than dr strange but my dislike for dr strange is a whole other like thing entirely i feel like i've ranted about that before on tape and i will probably do so again so i don't need to talk about that anymore
1: ragnarok managed to reproduce jack Kirby's art on film which oh it is
0: a real real feat yeah totally totally
1: all right, so yeah.
0: should we move on to yeah. another question? I feel, yeah, I feel like that pretty much answers that question. Thanks for sending that in.
1: Cool, cool. And I had another friend, Mark, who asked, I think a great talking point would be your favorite intro movies slash comics for some people new to superheroes, or maybe some of your sleeper picks.
0: Good question. I yeah. feel like you would be so, much better equipped to talk about the comics. So if you want to start off by talking about that, go right ahead.
1: So there's a thing about comic books where... There's sort of this, I feel like, cultural understanding that it's hard to get into because, and it's understandable, like, why it sort of comes across that way because we have, like, in a lot of cases, comic books that have been writing for
0: decades, decades
1: upon decades and I have so
0: much continuity. Yeah, hundreds. Lack of continuity.
1: Hundreds, or even now with action comics, a thousand issues.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, Oh my god.
1: And people see that and they're like Oh my god, where where do I even start with this? Where yeah, do I go? I and I've
0: thought multiple times, I will be honest.
1: Yeah, and I think it's the thing with comic books, especially in like one of these shared universe things is you can't really afford to treat it like a book series where it's a just linear progression of you start here, you end here, you read everything in order as it goes or else like the continuous plot won't make sense because.
0: Or you'll be spoiled for something major or whatnot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because comic books are designed to be a serial medium and the vast majority of them and not all of them, but the vast majority of them are written with the expectation that there's going to be readers who aren't reading every single thing that said, you know you can always jump in in the middle of a story or in the middle of some like major event or something.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: but usually one of the most effective starting points is finding a particular run with a particular Creator, te- creative team. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you take, oh, this is where Jonathan Hickman started on the Avengers, or where, like, oh, this is where Mark Waid's Daredevil um, starts. And Those
0: just starting there.
1: Yeah, start like because a new creative team almost always coincides with a new set of stories, and in a lot mm-hmm. of cases, a new general approach to. That particular book that makes sense um so like in general i think you basically have to accept going in that there are going to be references to things you haven't read and oh, yeah. introductions of characters you don't recognize at first mm-hmm. and the, most of the time if it's like a competent writer they'll explain whatever's relevant to that story and I mean, sometimes you're missing out on the oh, that's some cool little Easter egg pulled in from some other point, but it's pretty rare that you'll be unable to understand a story or unable to fully appreciate the story for the story itself if you
0: haven't read it all with, 60 yeah, gazillion. If issues you just started with, with that, that one. Yeah, that makes sense. So with that said, are there any specific like comic series you would recommend for people like looking to get into comics? Like Hickman's yeah. Avengers, um, is that one of them?
1: Hickman's Avengers is... If you really like Infinity War and want to see like big teams of heroes doing big, awesome things, it can be a really cool place to start. That particular series is in a lot of ways steeped with like, the general, like, cosmic... It's, like, a big universe-shaping title.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And it pulls pulls in from a lot of places across the universe's mythos. And, I mean, it sounds like I'm contradicting myself now. You could... (laughs) Because I just was talking about... You can absolutely start there, but if you want to be like, oh, I want an introduction to the Avengers that is going to kind of build the team up from the basics... That's not necessarily what that run is. Yeah.
0: Wasn't there a run of just the Avengers comic that started in 2012 that was sort of aimed at people who were just coming into comics yeah, from the Avengers is, movie? Yeah,
1: there is a series, Avengers Assemble or Avengers Assemble mm-hmm. Okay, or right, yeah. Yeah, it starts out by Bendis, who wrote a lot of Avengers books.
0: Oh, until just recently when he jumped to DC.
1: It was he stopped, Avenger, he stopped on Avengers a while ago, but he okay, jumped yeah. to DC only recently. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Avengers Assemble is a pretty good set of entirely standalone stories for the most part about the Avengers, focusing on ones that appear in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things like Ultimate Spider-Man is from like the early 2000s, and while it's marginally dated at this point, if you're looking for a very modern story, it is a kind of a retelling of Peter Parker's origin in a new in the ultimate universe which was this sort of like reboot universe that Marvel launched in 2000
0: is that the one where spider-man is the only good thing about the universe he's
1: one of few major characters who isn't kind of a jerk but
0: right yeah okay so that's what I'm thinking but
1: ultimate spider-man is really good
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: like hickman's fantastic four yeah really which cool you've also place. recommended to me before. yeah 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 and i'm actually yeah, started unlike reading... his avengers run that's a really good uh starting point for the yeah.
0: characters yeah and i would honestly recommend just like straight up jumping into ms marvel you got me those uh Ooh, ms marvel yeah, yeah. Like, sort of compilation books for a, a while ago and those were really good like starting place because I, that was the first that was kamala khan's debut in the marvel comics
1: yeah, Miss Marvel, world, is really cool. I believe. A very... So
0: yeah, she would be a great character to jump into reading.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you like the kid superhero sort of thing and of if you like, like diversity. Go to school like go to school, do your homework, save the town.
0: <laughs> she's
1: a very good character for that. Yeah, and definitely. lots of fun.
0: Yeah, she's great. I love her.
1: Yeah. I think um I don't necessarily have a lot of other specific recommendations, but I will say, like, one of the probably best things you can do is, like, actually just go to the, your local library and see what kind of comic books they have in stock.
0: Yeah, I don't, a, lot, I don't are, know a if, lot of libraries have a surprisingly large collection of comics and graphic novels.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if we are particu- particularly lucky here in Madison with our public libraries here, um, but if a lot of the time, like, trade trade paperbacks um, will have a, like, numbering scheme that usually starts from a particular creative run, Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: there'll be, like, oh, this is the volumes, like, one, two, and three of whoever on Batman or whatever. Okay,
0: yeah, that makes sense.
1: You know, if you start with one of those number ones, you'll pretty much always be starting from a pretty good, like, fresh jumping-on point. But also, like, Pretty much most given trade paperbacks are kind of a, a window into a reasonably complete story. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. And just sense.
1: because they're like still just a subset of an existing run most of the time, there'll usually be stuff like, oh, this is a cliffhanger that doesn't get resolved until the next volume, or, oh, we're mm-hmm. pulling in something that happened like six issues ago that is in the other book. Mm-hmm. But... I think if you just want to get a taste for the character or the uh, creators, that that can be a pretty good, like, little sampling of yeah what that character's like, and then you can try to pursue other like parts of that run, mm-hmm. um, or in a lot of cases, it can be easier or more worthwhile to rather than following a particular character across different creative runs, of so following particular creators that you enjoy.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know,
1: so if you really like some particular author or uh, artist, then you can totally just see what else they have done for yeah, other characters yeah. and other companies, and mm-hmm. that can be a pretty cool like way of kind of following common threads in sort of not really direct necessarily ways
0: yeah so So that's comics what about movies i would say the wonder woman movie is a very good standalone movie even if the rest of the dc universe is terrible after all then wonder woman is still a really 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 good movie and just good like superhero story in general So that's a good one. And you don't have to necessarily know a lot about the character to, because it is very much an origin story, but told in a really fresh way, which is awesome. Um, I would say um, for the most part, with a few exceptions, origin story movies are good bets for like getting into comic book movies. The first Iron Man movie is really good. Yeah, for any... I I like Captain America, the first Avenger, honestly. The plot kind of dries a little bit in places, but phenomenal acting. Yeah,
1: I would say for stuff. any like of the MCU movies besides the first Avengers movie, just starting with the first of however many, like the first Iron Man, first Captain America, or the first Guardians of the Galaxy, or the first Spider-Man. Yeah, Guardians is... of the Galaxy,
0: you don't need to like know anything about the rest of the mcu to watch that
1: yeah and i think that's yeah, really continually
0: folding in new characters to its larger universe so like as a result of that there are a lot of different sort of entry points into the mcu
1: yeah and some of them might involve working backwards but yeah. you know that's yeah okay. And i will say
0: a prominent exception to my general origin story rule is spider-man homecoming my God! I know when this Marvel Spider-Man, like MCU Spider-Man movie, was announced. Like everybody on Twitter was like, "If they kill Uncle Ben again, we will kill him ourselves." Because we were so tired of seeing his origin story again. Yeah, they Homecoming said, was not that movie, and it was wonderful.
1: Yeah, they actually said pretty early on that they were absolutely not going to do another Spider-Man origin story, specifically because everyone had already seen it so many times.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that. It's still a tremendously good movie, like independent of anything else. I honestly, it does take place in the immediate aftermath of like Captain America Civil War. But honestly, like you almost don't need to have seen Civil War to just get the idea that yeah. you know Peter Parker is this, you know really they, eager teenager who's wanting to play with the big kids. And yeah, they recap. That chance.
1: They recap everything pretty well that's relevant <laughs> to the movie. <laughs> it's
0: such a fun but, way too. It's
1: like a vlog. Yeah, but they that don't. Never gets published. Don't spoil anything. Sorry, but they don't spoil like the actual plot of the movie.
0: Yeah. No. So.
1: So. Yeah, I guess, outside of that, there's movies from, like, outside the MCU and the modern, like, DC extended universe. Um,
0: yeah. You know, Which, I don't think, the, you know... The X-Men movies, I do remember those, like, being pretty good when I watched them back yeah, in the day. Yeah, the very first... Except for, like,
1: the very X-Men first United two. Yeah. yeah, The first two X-Men movies are quite solid, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. The, the first, Incredibles! The Incredibles. That's, you should watch that. Yes.
0: Oh my god, that is... Yeah.
1: That's good. Totally standalone yeah. Pixar movie. It's awesome. Well, but the sequel's also good. Yeah. We have two episodes about them, yeah. so they're great.
0: <laughs> they're amazing. But yeah, you were um, saying about X-Men?
1: Yeah. The first two X-Men movies were solid. So is First Class. I cannot speak to the things that came after First Class. Yeah. I haven't um, seen them.
0: Days of Future Past was... Good. I heard some. It involves some criticism.
1: Travel stuff. Yeah, I heard some criticism about about, like it's it's,
0: no, definitely not. I think I want to say I heard some criticism about some things they changed from the comics that had potentially anti-Semitic implications, but I don't remember what the specifics were.
1: And that's not really relevant to whether this is a starting point movie. And I have also not not.
0: watched Apocalypse, so who who knows Um, how that
1: turned out. Let's see. If you don't mind going a little bit older school, there's. Uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies from like two thousand, like what was it two thousand two or something? Yeah, like Yeah, two thousand
0: two was when the first one came out.
1: Yeah, with Tobey Maguire. The first two of those I think are pretty good.
0: Let's not talk about the third one.
1: Yeah, third one's less. Um, I
0: I will admit I didn't. It's funny. I think the second of those was actually the first superhero movie I ever saw, and I remember like not liking it because I didn't. I was like eight years old at the time. I didn't know what the heck was happening. Huh. And I was I was like, why is he just talking Doc Ock down from doing bad stuff? Why isn't he punching him? Anyway. So, yeah, typical, you know, eight-year-old hot take. So, yeah, I would there's have to, those, like, rewatch
3: it. There's...
0: And also, Tobey Maguire's one facial expression is milk toast. Like, honestly.
1: All right, you heard it here first. Guys, there are no good movies besides any of them.
0: <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> Anyways...
1: Um, Yeah. I don't know. There's the Dark Knight trilogy is generally well regarded.
0: I mean, well regarded, yes. But I tried to rewatch Batman Begins a few years ago, and I just couldn't deal with all like the cultural appropriation and orientalism and Batman stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't.
3: I, don't know. I honestly, I, I feel there's... like
0: you could just walk into the Dark Knight and watch it and understand what was going on without necessarily having to have watched Batman Begins
1: yeah i think i caught up pretty well yeah it's a solid like batman is batman and is doing batman things
0: yeah yeah so yeah there's that i've also heard we have not seen this i really do want to watch it at some point m night Shyamalan's unbreakable is apparently an excellent superhero movie cool so there's that i feel like that wraps it up for those questions yeah Yeah.
1: we were looking like starting points but like yeah, most movies outside of the big like cross universe things that are happening now, you don't really need to worry about like a story plan because that's just a movie series. You know what? It, yeah. It's like every other movie series. You just there's like 3 or so of them and you start at the beginning and mm-hmm. it's fine.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. All right. I will also say there was one other question we got on Twitter like ages ago from my friend Carl and I've been meaning I've been thinking about it for a while. Um basically his question was Something to do with, like, is there any precedent for, like, the toxic fandom stuff we see going on today in old-timey, like, comics fandom?
1: That's an interesting question. Yeah, I. Yeah.
0: In a nutshell, I would say fans have always been kind of jerks. Like, yeah, I think people thing... harangue Conan Doyle for killing Sherlock Holmes so much.
1: Yeah, I mean... Like, we weren't there. We don't know what old school comics fandom was really like. We haven't done any research into it in response to the Which, of these questions. you know,
0: if you're an academic and you're doing research into that, please contact us. We would love to hear about it.
1: But my, the way I see the toxic fandom that's we see online especially is that these are people who would have had had in a lot of cases these bad attitudes regardless yeah but they're able to amplify their dislike and they're able to connect with others and create like echo chambers of people who think the same ways engage
0: in like massive waves of targeted harassment
1: yeah because of the internet but like yeah you know it's not new to have People like that. Like the Simpsons was parodying that mindset with their comic book store guy for...
0: Oh my god, yeah. I forgot I don't, about that guy. I have
1: no idea like how long ago that sort of character yeah. existed. but
0: Yeah. And I will say, the one thing I started thinking about when we got this question originally was like letter, letters to the editor in comic books. And I mean, sure, they would publish letters from detractors occasionally, or publish letters from people with conflicting viewpoints, but... I don't think you can necessarily compare like you know the letters page section in comic books to Twitter today purely because of like access and volume. With letters to the editor there is still I mean, like editorial discretion going into you know what letters to publish. So not yeah, everybody was guaranteed a platform.
1: Yeah, you're not going to get It's not get, the same with
0: Twitter. At yeah, all.
1: you're not going to see toxic fandom given a platform on that because it's the people who are making the comic are putting it out, and even if they're willing to put out stuff that's negative, they're not going to put out stuff that's just outright terrible,
0: yeah, or like inciting violence or whatever. I mean, so yeah, th- for all Twitter and other social media platforms have purported to be like you know equalizing influences and stuff like that in terms of giving everybody a space to say what the heck they want, they've also become valuable tools for like both greater access to creators for fans or perceived access and also like the power to like volley way more hatred and abuse at them than, you know, sending barrages of letters to the editors ever could. So yeah, I think you can't really compare the two you can't really compare fandom of old to fandom of new. I mean, you new. can compare them, they're just can, different. Yeah, it, it's apples and oranges. It really is, especially in terms of like venues for expressing yeah. fandom or anti fandom, which is right. really a whole interesting other subject, honestly. But all yeah, right. I so think that covers yeah, that. definitely covers that question.
3: No. So
0: at this point, I think we're just gonna, you know, like publish all the voice messages. Hi, guys, we're so glad you took the time to get in touch with us. Um, Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope it was interesting. And if you do have more questions, you can always like tweet at us or find some other way to get in contact with us, carrier pigeon if you like, um, and let us know. And we will, we might find some time to do another mailback episode at some point. So yeah, see you guys next week.
2: Hey Whitney and Will, my name is Franz Bellis and I'm super stoked about this podcast. I never knew that I'd be interested in this until I heard it on the Coming Soon trailer, uh, Coming Soon to Anchor trailer. Um, I was looking for some inspiration for my own, but I'm super happy about this podcast. Listen to the first episode today, had a couple co- comments, questions, I, I guess. Uh, but first comment was uh, Captain America using um, whoever it was to do his dirty work so he wouldn't get his hands dirty. Super similar to what certain countries and allegations they make against America today about, um, you know, them not using, they wanted, to be seen in the the shine light and secondly i was a little um i wanted to know what you meant with whitney by um how captain america went after bucky and he said that was kind of gay i was like i don't know i just want to know your thoughts
0: okay so we're actually gonna respond to this one because you raised some really really interesting points i completely agree with you about the parallels between you know, Cap making other people doing his dirty work and, you know... Specifically Bucky in this case. Well, and Black Widow, too, definitely.
1: Yeah. I don't remember what this was in response to, but I think it was talking about, like, how Bucky in the comics in the Winter Soldier plotline was described as, like, sort of doing the dirty work behind the scenes that Captain America couldn't be seen doing. Yeah.
0: Which I think is a popular like, sort of way of conceiving of his characterization in fandom as well. Um, But also definitely there's that moment in you know the Winter Soldier movie when they're on the roof with Sitwell, and he's like, "You're gonna push me on the roof because that's really not your style." And Steve is like, "You're right, it's not." And she, he just points to Natasha and goes, "It's hers," and she just like freaking kicks him off the roof, yeah, and Sam yeah. probably saves him. But that's yeah, I I agree that there is there are a lot of parallels there. There would be some interesting stuff to unpack in terms of like, modern takes on Captain America in comparison to maybe U.S. foreign policy of the same era.
1: Totally. Yeah.
0: So that's cool. And regarding the question from the very end of your message, I should probably rephrase. I think Steve going after Bucky at the end of Winter Soldier and just being incredibly devoted to him and willing to start, like, international wars over him in Civil War isn't gay, strictly speaking. I think it's bisexual. I think they're bisexual. I am personally invested in like headcanoning characters as bisexual being by myself, but I'm not the only one who thinks that there's a lot of subtext in Steve and Bucky's relationship and a lot of potential for them to be really phenomenal, like romantic partners. Like the way they're written is they are incredibly devoted to each other and willing to go to bat for each other. And yes, that's an important ingredient to any like close friendship. Yeah, but there, are, there's a lot of other subtexts that other people have done a better job of explaining than I ever could. Um, there's a lot to make people think that there's more to that relationship. And I happen to be one of those people who's, you know, putting on the rainbow tinfoil hat for sure. So yeah, <laughs> anyway, I think that about Unless you wanted to say anything else, I think that about sums it up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it would be interesting to explore the, like, ideas, ramifications behind, like, fans, like, interpreting yeah. characters with different, like, orientations and whatnot than yeah. what the writers conceive them as. But that's yeah. kind of a larger discussion that
0: yeah. I don't know that we have. And I'll tell you guys what. I'm going to the um, inaugural... Fan Studies Network North America Conference in October. If anybody presents a paper about Stephen Bucky and you know other instances of queer subtext in popular fandom, then I will let you guys know and I will tell you all about it. So yeah. Thanks again for sending in the message.
2: Loving the podcast. I only listened to the first two episodes, but loving it so far. Now you were talking about uh superheroes in the media and with uh, historical events and there was a documentary that came out in the uk a few years but uh maybe last year about superheroes and why they were uh why they were made when they were made i can't remember what the documentary was called but try looking it up and look through that because that was interesting because it gave us As to why superheroes were made, and why superheroes came out at that time. You forgot that um,
3: in the movie it shows how uh, Tony Stark's weapons has been a heavily featured part in uh, Eastern European warfare, and those weapons got their parents killed. So, I don't don't understand your, like, comments about the um, marginalized groups being erased. I think the movie, what the movie does, is try to show that, continually show how Tony Stark's ignorance to how his weapons are being used sort of affects the entire planet. And it's, I think, a... It's a somewhat of a good character development. So, thank you. The Iron Legion is Tony Stark's way of attempting to protect the world. I don't get all this confusion about Tony going back to being a superhero because this is his dichotomy. He he feels the need to protect the world by building by privatizing it in the first Iron Man movie or or creating Ultron in this movie or doing something else entirely. He he feels the need to keep his suit on because he wants to save people in the first 3 Iron Man movies and in, Avenge, uh, in the Infinity War. So, in this movie, the bots symbolize his need to protect peace, to protect people, to create peace. He feels the need to Force peace on people, and um, you know, this film really teaches us a lot about that. The only reason why the world did not get conquered by Thanos in Age of Ultron no, the first Avengers movie, the first one was because Tony put that rocket through the Tatari mothership, just destroying the connection. They had to the the Chari on the ground. Just one thing. Could have changed. The Mars. MCU. History. Forever. Just one thing. And Tony's highlighting that one thing. Because. 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 Because because it could happen again and they need to figure out how to stop that from happening Natasha is a monster because she was trained by the Red Room to be an assassin and that was, is what she became she turned to S.H.I.E.L.D. later in life I don't, I don't get what you're talking it was, it was shown in the little vision scenes and by Wanda that like she was trained to be like some killer by this russian group she's an assassin that's why she considers herself to a monster i don't remember anything about implying that she was sterilized making her a monster she just said oh yeah we can't have children that's it jesus hey guys ian walker here from the stuff podcast show just wanted to send you a message. Uh Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. I just followed you guys on Anchor. Um, I'm also on Anchor 2, the Stuff Podcast show. So uh, maybe we can collaborate one of these days. But as I said, look forward to hearing what you guys got to offer. Thanks so much. Bye. Hello, Whitney and Will. Good to find you on here. Continue on with your good work. And I'll be listening to you. Thank you.
2: Great podcast. I actually really enjoyed it. Yes, 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 with Whitney and Will, with Whitney and Will. Yes, 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 with Whitney and Will, with Whitney and Will. Yes, 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 yes.